You're tuned in to the KNGI Network, and it's time for Vipers VGM Chair.
Good evening everybody and welcome to a brand new edition of Vipers VGM Show. As always, I'm your host, The Green Viper, and well, what else would I have for you tonight other than the music from the newest wave of Maricot 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass music. Waves. Something. I don't know how to end that sentence, but point being, we got all the new music that you need to hear on tonight's episode of the show. Sorry, uh, all the music you need to hear is indeed, as I'm learning, a copyrighted phrase, so I'll uh, avoid using that one in the future. Uh, don't tell me how I learned that one. But anyways, what you had at the start of the show there was, of course, the theme of the Nintendo Wii's Cooper Cape, and afterwards, from the GameCube, that was Daisy Cruiser. Both excellent remixes there, and, well, that's going to be the case for all of the tracks featured on tonight's show, because we've got nothing for you. Aside from one track, we've got nothing but the best from the new wave, and in fact, it's everything. That's just how good it is. Let's say that one. Welcome to the show, though. Thank you for joining us. Episode 60 is upon us, and, well, uh, I don't know if anyone actually heard it. Anyone in the chat room, if they got here in time to hear the uh, real reason that I uh, delayed episode 60 a week, because I, myself, nothing to do with uh, anyone else involved. I was having some logistical issues. Uh, with getting the thing sorted that I knew I wanted to premiere on episode 60. So here we go. New sound, Vipers VGM show, here live on the airwaves. And what are we doing to celebrate it? Uh, we are playing uh, the music of Marikai 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass Wave 5, a tradition that we have carried through all the way since the very first episode of the show, and therefore by extension, the very first wave of content. So we'll be continuing in the fashion we intend to, because there's one more course pass left to go. Before then, Wave 5 is taking us by storm with many great music tracks and some pretty pretty good race tracks in there as well. So join us for the ride, if you will. <laughs> Get what I'm getting at as uh, we make our way through the musical tastes of Wave 5. Welcome to everyone down in the Discord. Currently, we have got none other than Pocket Alluri, Jamie64326, and Silent Chaos. But anyone else that wants to join us, kngi.org forward slash Discord is where you need to go join in the action. Otherwise, at VipersVGMChat on Twitter, or use the hashtag VipersVGMChat. Alternatively, VipersVGMChat at the VIPVipers.space over on Mastodon. How's everyone doing tonight? I hope you've been having a good one. Uh, you know the question that's going to be asked. Have you been enjoying the DLC if you played it already? If not, do you intend to get around to it? Is it something you're looking forward to? How are we feeling about it and are we uh, sad yet excited for Wave 6? Let me know all that as well as the usual. What have you been playing? What's been going on during your week? What have you been listening to? Any game and news you're excited about, you know how it goes. And while well, the main topic of discussion already on tonight's show has been none other than... Limited Run Games currently has some sort of uh, announcement stream going on. Late E3 shenanigans and all that. Some pretty interesting stuff coming out of it. Uh, not sure if I will go out my way to support the Limited Run Games releases. I'll probably just end up, uh, if there's a digital release like they've been luckily doing with a couple of the games recently, I'll pick up the digital version. Or in the case of a certain Shantae game, I'll probably pick up the ROM if there's a way to grab it properly at some point. Uh, to be able to play on the proper hardware. Since there's a cartridge available for hardware, surely they're not going gate to gatekeep people from playing it on the flashcards, right? Right? Right, guys? Don't have much faith in that, but I'll find a way to play some of it anyway. But that's been the main excitement. A lot of weird announcements related to that, as well as uh, the Super Pocket, the Capcom and Taito editions were announced today. And yeah, they look really interesting. The most interesting part for me, though, is the £50 price tag. 
I'm looking forward to see just what they managed to cram into that thing for £50. The build factor, or sorry, the build quality, the form factor, everything else. Uh, that's what I'd like to see, but currently, yeah, I'm pretty intrigued by that one, as is Alari down in the chat room, but... They're really the main bits of gaming news we're going to get onto today, I'm sure. Uh, plenty of discussion to be had about that. Gex is back, yay, memes or something like that. Uh, however, the conversation around that one's been going. I was streaming while this was all going down, so I only really caught my own reactions uh, to Shantae. That was the only one I saw, but here yeah, there's been plenty of goodness for the gamers going on. So let me know what you're looking forward to out of all of that and all the usual going on throughout tonight's episode. Um, yeah, there'll probably be a digital version, says Jamie. Hope so. Fingers crossed. Because um, I would be willing to get that one. Because, as I say, I think they've been doing some stuff recently digital. I know... Well, I know they weren't handling the publishing of all versions. But I know Gimmick Special Edition recently got a digital release. But certainly, like, Shantae, the Switch version was physical exclusive for a while. And then it got, it got a proper release. So I'm kind of hopeful the same will happen. Uh, with these games that they've announced here because I don't always want £100 limited editions of games I don't particularly care about in order to be able to play them. It's not preservation to me, that's just lining your own pockets. Uh, and limited from games continue to kind of do that sort of thing. So I, I'll get it the way that I'll get it the way that I prefer, which in these cases for these sorts of games is digital at a far cheaper price. And I'll uh, go about my own way of preserving them, thank you very much. Because... I got. I, I mean, I was. I was recently going through all this because I didn't know whether the music for this wave of um, America Eight music would be out in time. Because I was following the release schedule of the last couple, which were UK afternoon time. So I was expecting it sort of three between three and five PM, like has happened for these DLCs a few times before. So I would only have a couple hours to prepare the music. So I'd got my hack switch back up and running, which is my old, uh, not quite launch day, but my old switch. Uh, which I use for the purposes of ripping music for the show, for example, or ripping it for Radio Sega or anything of the sort. I got that up and running, uh, but I had to reset my SD card because it corrupted. So I needed a way to reinstall my Marika 8 Deluxe. Luckily, I'd uh, gone ahead and backed it up. I backed up my own physical copy using my own hardware, and I had it available on my hard drive. So instead of going rooting around trying to find my physical copy, which I honestly think I might have lent to someone else. Uh, I think I probably lent it in the household, but I don't know where it was. I backed it up and I preserved it my own way. And I got to use it and I didn't even need it in the end because it came out at 2 a.m. UK time. So it was already sorted by someone else in a far better quality than I could manage by the time that I was even awake. So that was all fine in the end, but yeah, stuff like that, that feels like real preservation to me. Preservation of my own goods. Uh, just having like Mario Kart and Smash on my hard drive whenever I need to access them for the sake of modding on my on my actual Switch. So stuff like that's always really cool and a nice way to take back uh, take back control of your own games rather than uh, buying £100 for a game that could still fail very easily. But yeah, um, but yeah, hope you've all been getting up some fun stuff. Uh, fingers crossed. There's a lot of talk about for some reason new Super Mario Bros. Two. Uh, oh, that's because. Um, <laughs> Silent Chaos says, Pros of the Week, uh, I bought New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, but the con of the week is I bought New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. Yeah, that version's interesting. I've still not really gotten beyond World 2 in it. I think I got it around the time it released, because, to be honest, I think I was out of both school and employment at the time, so I was very bored. I had some sort of money from something I'd sold, so I was like, yeah, I'll get it, and then I proceeded to play it for about 10 minutes, because I just couldn't stick with it. Uh, thank God New Super Mario Bros. Wonder looks ten times more interesting to me. I know New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe is probably fine, but... <laughs> I 
you know, yeah. But you see Mario Bros. 2 is worse, but U Deluxe isn't too bad. But it's certainly better than it. Who knows? Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that one somewhat. But yeah, New Super Mario Bros. 2 was probably the worst <laughs> of the... Uh, what do you call it? Probably the worst of the New Super Mario Bros. games. But we're going in a different direction nowadays. And my goodness, we're all the better for it, aren't we? Speaking of going in a new direction, the Mario Kart franchise is uh, certainly not doing that as we continue to not get Mario Kart 9 and we re-release the same tracks, with a couple exceptions, on the 10-year-old game at this point. Still, we're all having fun with it. It sounds pessimistic and it kind of is, but we're still having fun. I'm loving Mario Kart 8 still. Great game. All the greater for all the great content. Can I use another word? All the more juicy for the fantabulous content we've been receiving, and that's continued into Wave 5, of course. So, i got for you two more tracks coming right now. First of all, from the GBA, we got a bit of Sunset Wilds, followed by a brand new track exclusive to Maricot 8 Deluxe. So let's jump into both of them. When we come back, I'll be talking to you my individual opinions on all of the tracks featured in this wave of DLC. So join me then, but until then, this is Viper's VGM Show. We're live here on the KNGI Network, and we're playing for you the best music, in fact, all the music, from Marika 8 Deluxe, Booster Course Path, Path, Booster Course Pass, Wave Number 5.
welcome back to the show. You just had a bit of squeaky clean sprint there. To be honest, when I was listening to it in the game, I actually, weirdly, it didn't stand out too much to me. And that's not because I didn't think it was a good track. Just, I guess I was distracted with the game at the time and gawping at a new track that I'd never seen before. Which, uh, once, yeah, once Lurie mentioned in the chat room that this is probably one of her favourite songs so far, it immediately jumped out to me. Oh my god, this is really good! And I've been listening to it kind of humming along, and you know when it just doesn't actually set in, and then you're like, wait, this is really good, isn't it? Hang on a second. That's exactly what just happened to me just now, so... Fantastic song there, and before that, from the GBA originally, that was Sunset Wild, a track that definitely exists in the game. I think it's way better than the Lake track from the GBA that was in the last batch, which was went down so well in my books I actually can't remember the name of it. I like it from that perspective, but yeah, the GBA track's certainly feeling a little bit more like the filler tracks uh, for the most part, just because we're leaning away a bit more from SNES after the second wave, which would normally fill that kind of slot, so it makes sense that there's you can't be all go, you've got to have some wiggle room to make the big new tracks. So that's normally not quite corner cutting, but that's normally uh, where I guess the expense is spared a little bit, if that makes sense. So yeah, I, I kind of get that, but eh, it is what it is. Still a great track and still some pretty good music. But as Jamie said, it goes in a really weird, different direction from the original track. And yeah, apparently the actual racetrack does that too, because I know during the stream, uh, it was mentioned by Sunny that there was the original went to night time on the final lap, and it just doesn't do that in the new one, which is kind of sad because that would be a pretty easy to implement, I feel like, but still fun twist uh, to add to the final lap. So you don't exactly know why um, that sort of thing isn't in there because I can get the bigger features not existing. It's fair enough. Does it add that much to the race, or can we add our own twist to it in Mario 8 instead? But that one just feels like you could do it. So, I don't know. It's strange. Anyways. Yeah, so we're back, and I'm going to talk to you about every single track in this DLC, and I'm just going to get up the... Uh, I'm going to get up the list just in case, because I feel like I remember everything, but I don't want to be that guy who just stumbles over it for like five minutes trying to remember which one was next. So, let's begin! First of all, we began with Los Angeles... Did we? No, that doesn't sound right. Are these in the wrong order? Yeah, they're in the wrong... What's the point? I, I I hate searching stuff on Google now that Reddit's somewhat still locked down. I think everyone gave up on their, um, their boycotting. Uh, so now it's still a little bit locked down, but not as much. But it's just annoying to try and find search results for anything because, because now you just get filled with clickbait and stuff that isn't entirely correct. So um, let's see. Are we actually in order this time? No! Why Why bother? Oh, <laughs> not even gaming journalism, these are just random websites. Are we finally in order? Yes, this is the first one. You're, you're kidding me. This is like the fifth one on Google. Okay, here we go. Athens Dash, uh, originally from Maricot Tour. This one really surprised me because, uh, to be honest, all of the Maricot Tour tracks surprised me this time around. Maybe least of all Los Angeles laps, but... I was expecting a very similar fare to some of the other DLC courses we've had, like uh, Wave 3 was a really good example of this, where it was mostly just loops. I mean, you had the one which was literally called London Loops, but they were just circuits. They were just figure eight, not figure eight, sorry. Just circular NASCAR tracks, almost, it felt like. We had a lot of those from Maricot Tour. Uh, tracks that didn't deviate too much from that basic formula, but Athens Dash feels like 
Every now and then you have that one Mario Kart Tour track in these that kind of breaks the mould. You somewhat had that with Sydney Sprint, and last time round definitely with Singapore Speedway you had that. But this time round, Athens Dash, you play it first if you're playing in order. This feels like the first big substantial one to really break that Mario Kart Tour mould and be a great track on its own. I guess Ninja Hideaway kind of, but I think Ninja Hideaway is pretty changed from the original version of the track and tour. But certainly Athens Dash. It has three unique laps. It's really unique looking in the sense of a lot of them are just random city levels. Athens is a very visually distinct place. So that helps as well. And yeah, all three unique laps do completely different things as a result. It's not kind of go backwards through the first lap or anything like that that we've seen with Peach Gardens. It is three completely different ones. All somewhat interlinking, but for the most part doing their own thing transforming the track and therefore the playstyle and the complete way the track goes for each individual lap and I love that about it it's an immediate standout for me and an immediate highlight of all of the tour tracks just because it does it doesn't adhere to the formula it completely breaks that mold that's that they've all set up for themselves and for sure I wish we'd seen more of these in the past but certainly I'm all the more glad that this is here because yeah one of my favorite tour tracks a great track to start off the GP with a great track to start off the entire DLC with, I'd say. Daisy Cruiser's one, which is quite surprising. I thought they would have got to this one beforehand, because I always hear the calls for Daisy Cruiser. It's not quite a, like Maple Tree Way and Waluigi Pinball levels of fan popularity, but certainly up there for tracks uh, which have been highly requested throughout the last couple of waves. So Daisy Cruiser being there at long last is great. And yeah, it's a fantastic track. It makes quite a number of uh, nice new changes to the track, in particular the ability to properly, I don't know if this is the case in 7, I've forgotten, but the ability to properly go through the swimming pool bits, um, as a matter of fact the bottom deck being completely submerged in water, that's a nice little change, and the ability to, when you normally would have been forced to go right at the beginning of the track and the end of the track, having the ability to instead veer off left, so there's a few new alternate pathways and stuff like that. Which takes what is a simple but well-executed track to begin with and really makes it into... It, it pushes it over the line and makes it into a fantastic track, I'd say, in this one. Just those small little extra changes adapt it perfectly to being a unique Mario Kart 8 track while still being one of the smaller and self-contained ones that is a real blast to play. Can get quite chaotic, but not Baby Park levels of hectic. It serves its own purpose, it's one of the few kind of short oval tracks which still have some beautiful scenery, um, a lot of twists and turns, and yeah, it becomes hectic but not too frantic. And I think for that reason, it's a great track, it serves its own purpose, it's another great tropical track, one of which we'll be seeing again later in the DLC. Fantastic, love this one. Moonview Highway, another track I was exactly clambering for, and I don't know how many other people were clambering for. Certainly not one of my favourites in Mario Kart Wii. Not that it's a bad track, it's just up against a lot of stiff competition from that game and a lot of other games as well. And as such, I wouldn't have necessarily put it on my list of tracks I wanted to appear in the DLC. But how's it fair in the DLC? It's a great track. The music in particular really carries it, but the visuals are well upgraded over Wii. There's a distinct difference between all the sections of the track, new shortcuts introduced, and uh, various pathways changed to accommodate for Mario Kart 8's uh, uniqueness, while not introducing any um, new vehicle modes into the change. So, you know, there's no anti-grav, 
for the sake of having anti-grav. There's no glider sections for the sake of having it. Instead, it's a pretty simple by the numbers tracks, but it makes a few quality of life changes just to make it a little more in line with what you'd expect from Mario 8 and its art style and its track design. And as a result, it's already a good track, I'd say. Just not, not a standout from a game full of standouts, but if we're ranking it on its own individual merits, it was a good track in the original game. And it's still a great track here. It's not straight down the middle in terms of, you know, between the best and the worst of the DLC, but it's a little bit above the good line. It's that's great, it doesn't do too much aside from uh, self-contained changes to make it stand out amongst the others, but just through being Moonview Highway and its own uniqueness that comes with the track and it's, for example, the bomb cars and all of the other traffic and the speed boosters and the shutters and all that sort of stuff, helps to make it a unique track in that sense, but yeah, it's a good one for sure. Not, not my favourite from the wave, but certainly still a great one. Squeaky Clean Sprint. Now talk about Standout. This one's just unlike any other Mario Kart track. I mean, insanity. I thought it was a kitchen track when I first saw it, but no, it is definitely a bathroom track, but I mean, wowzers, that's a really out there decision to make your track around, and I'm sure, I mean, I remember for Mario Kart Wii, there's like a bedroom custom track and all sorts of stuff like that. That was the first thing it stood out to me was, it felt very much like a fan idea for a track that Nintendo just adopted and made their own, and maybe it's just down to new talent working on the Mario Kart team and those new ideas flowing in, but I love it. It's just wacky, and as a result, it becomes a standout track in its own sense because of how different it is from all of the settings and themes you see in all the other tracks. I mean, come on, there's... You go down the drain pipes, you go through all the sinks, you get blasted up by the toilet at one point, there's all this thematical goodness around the track. So many bathroom household items and sort of thermometer at one point, you know, of course you've got your toothbrushes, your sponges. There's a ring in the drain pipe, which was exactly what I was going to say as it popped up and as I learnt from Silver. Apparently that's a Mario Odyssey reference as well, which is lovely. There's, there's so much to love in here. It's so unique, so different, so bold that you can't help but love it and that's exactly what I what I do. I'd say yeah, best track by far. So good. And better than the other unique tracks we've had so far. Nothing wrong with the other two, they've both been great as well. Or, I guess technically three if you're counting Ninja Hideaway's differences, but they're all great. But this is just the upper echelon of Mario Kart wackiness. It's in its prime. What, what a track. I'm so glad we got this one. Great stuff. Then we go on to Los Angeles Laps, and yeah, this is a bit more of your standard fare uh, track in terms of Mario Kart Tour stuff. This is a bit more just standard loop, slight changes between three laps. Very nice looking. I, I enjoy the setting of LA here, just the sunny beaches, and there's the baseball game which has all the Mario Sluggers references, that's awesome. All the little sign signs are new as well, they're not reused from other tracks like some of the Tour tracks have been. So you've got a lot of unique imagery based on that. Beautiful stuff. It's it's really good. It's it's about the mid. It's about middling, I'd say, in the sense of uh, in comparison to all the other tracks. It's a pretty good one, but doesn't do too much to stand out aside from its own nice sunny beach imagery, which is always a good vibe for a Mario Kart track, in my opinion. But yeah, aside from that, it's it's about what you come to expect from Tour. Good, but never quite does enough except for a few exceptions that we've spoken about before it's good but never does quite enough to get itself to great and that's what i'd say about it 
But the Maristalker stuff is really fun. That that was a nice little surprise. Afterwards, Sunset Wilds from Maricot Super Circuit. Yeah, this is probably uh, tied with Los Angeles for my least favourite of the waves. It just doesn't do too much. Um, the GBA track, as I mentioned, you can't be all go all the time. And th this has been mostly their excuse to do a little bit of stopping. I know people didn't like Boo Wilds. As, oh, no, sorry, Boo Lake was it as well? I actually quite like Boo Lake. I liked how twisty and turny it was and how different it was from the source material. But everyone mostly tended to agree that apparently it was a bit of a filler track for that DLC wave. Which is fair enough. I didn't see eye to eye with that. I thought it was one of my favourites. But hey, that's, that's what everyone else was feeling about it. And since then, yeah, the GBA tracks have been your more standard fare. They are very faithful to the originals, with maybe a couple exceptions to add some anti-grav or underwater or glider bits. But this one doesn't really even do that. I think there's a glider section, and aside from that, it's it's the GBA version, but with some stylistic changes. Like mentioned, the music is quite different, and there's no there's no uh, you're at a sunset, but there's no sun sun completely gone on the final lap what's the word night that's what they call it <laughs> but yeah there's a lot of stylistic differences here that make it feel even times lower down the quality scale than its gba original i don't mean the quality scale i mean i feel lesser to its gba original uh, at times but otherwise yeah it's a pretty solid track the theming of it's quite nice um i like there's some unique imagery like the sunset mining theme is they're both things that have been done in tracks before individually, but never combined into one. As such, it's pretty visually nice, but as a whole, it's a track. It is definitely a track. Cooper Cape, I'd say, probably comes above those two, but not much higher than that, because I love Cooper Cape in the original Mario Wii, and certainly here it's fine, but I think it loses a lot of its unique uniqueness along the way, and as a result, it... Blends into a lot of similar water tracks uh, for me, and it's alright. It's one of my favourites in the original, but here, it's just okay. I don't know how to describe it, but certainly there's a lot of visual changes that have been made to fit into the core ethos of uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. So, the one of my favourite things was always the ramps. I don't know why this is really weird and specific, but there was a lot of ramps and... Uh, like half pipes that were very sim visually similar to what you have, for example, in Alpine Ridge. But instead here, they chose to make it a bit more uniform with the rest of America 8 Deluxe. I know it's a really random thing, but that's just one visual change that stood out to me. Another one is the removal of like the Cooper Shell houses that you had all over the level. If they are there, they're not a standout. And I know there was one you could go under in the original that's not there now, to my knowledge. There's a lot of changes like that, um, of course, because we got to have an underwater section. Um, the original was underwater, but you were in a pipe to where you were still driving on normal ground, technically. Of course, it was a circular pipe, so it controlled and handled a little bit differently. You had some different noises, but otherwise, it was basically a standard track. Here, though, it's considered an underwater section, so of course, you get your little uh, propeller out. But it's instead completely submerged in the water, and the full pipe takes the form of a half pipe, which you can trick off the side of and get air. There's also uh, not really any obstacles in the way, because in the original you had the little lasers which shrunk you down, which, even if you don't have those, which I can understand, there's not too many other mechanics in Mario Kart 8 which do the same thing. Even if you don't have those, you could at least have spinning lasers that just injure you. But instead they're replaced with, I don't even know what you call them, the poles which are in the anti-gravity sections, which just give you a little speed boost. That's all that is here, and that's standard fare on a lot of tracks, uh, a lot of retro tracks. They get 
whatever their unique thing was replaced with those poles. I get it. But as a result, it feels like it has a lot of its original character and identity stripped out in the process. So while it's a good track, it was a great track. And it lost a lot of its uniqueness in the conversion process, I feel like. I know it was in Mario Kart 7 and had a lot of similar changes as people point out, but even there, it felt a bit visually standout because it always was a bit of a different looking course in Mario Kart Wii and that was part of its appeal and its almost wackiness in, in a lot of how it conducted itself and that just feels kind of gone and it feels very similar to like Piranha Plant, uh, what's it called, the Piranha Plant Pipeway I think it's called, the Mario Kart 7 track. It feels very similar to that in places. In terms of how it visually looks, how a lot of the underwater stuff handles, and how the conversion went between games. So while it's good, it really had the potential to be a bit more like it was in its original incarnation. So Cooper Cape is unfortunately one of those that didn't quite make the translation for me. And finally, Vancouver Velocity. This is the last track that was included in the leaks that happened around Wave 1 to come out. So... It's now going to be completely new stuff as of uh, Wave 6 onwards. For those of you who didn't hear about it, there was a leak back in Wave 1 which was validated through music files left in the game, so it wasn't just someone saying, I know these tracks are going to be in it. Uh, people found what is basically like the buffer of the music tracks. So just so that the, the from what I know, it's possibly so that the loop point can get started properly so you can switch to this backup audio in case you need to. They last about a second or two, whatever. These were then used to identify, uh, you know, you can use that one second or so roughly to identify what song that is, if you have that much new music knowledge, and therefore what tracks these were going to be for. Um, these were also ordered in such a way to where we knew what cups or waves they were going to be a part of. And as such, we know definitely that Nintendo has tinkered with track orders as such. Um... There are a couple that were meant to be earlier and were moved later back in the packs, or vice versa. Uh, my point being here is every other track from that leak uh, was in the first five waves. Uh, unless I'm mistaken, I think Vancouver Velocity was the only track we were still waiting on in wave six that was part of that original lineup. Oh, sorry, wave five that was a part of that original lineup. So, Vancouver Velocity we've known has been coming since the very beginning, so it's nice to finally have it out there because, my god, Vancouver Velocity, what a song it is in the original Mario Kart Tour. That was the main thing I was looking forward to. I didn't really know anything about the track, I just knew the song. Um, so, when it came to it finally getting round, what a great track it is as well. Because I love the little ice hockey rink detours, I love the visuals, the the whole nighttime approach at certain points as well, just how uniquely Canada it is. Apparently there's like the uh, Olympic Cauldron in there as well, that's great, love that. Yet again we're on to Canada, second week in a row believe it or not people, and even the Canadian Olympics the second week in a row. But it's, it's, yeah, it's gorgeous, I love this one. It's a great track to race on as well and a lot of great Canada references. It's great. Love this one. Top of the leaderboard for sure for me. Not top top, but up there. It's one of the top runners for sure. So there we go. My opinions on all of the tracks released so far. And of course, we also got Wiggler, Kamek, and P.T. Piranha as well. Haven't played as P.T. Piranha. To be honest, not too much interest in playing as him. He was a bit of a filler slot for me. Kamek played as... He plays most stylistically like how I enjoy, which is medium weight. So he was who I went with for the most of my session. Loved him and Wiggler. Wiggler's cute as anything, of course. 
Wiggler is fantastic. Another one I'm going to be playing with a lot as well. Three solid choices. Not exactly the characters I wanted, but still three pretty solid choices regardless. So yeah, there we go. That's my opinions on America 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass Wave 5. If you've got anything that you want to let me know about it, if you've played it or if you're getting around to it, what you think, etc. Any opinions on the music, feel free to let me know down in the Discord server. Uh, otherwise, we'll be talking to you as per always during the next segment. But for now, we've got two Marikart tour tracks to take you through the next music break. So let's kick things off with Athens Dash, followed by a bit of Los Angeles Laps. You're listening to Vipers VGM Chair. We're live here on the KNGI Network, and we're playing for you the music of Boost Course Pass Wave 5 on the special 60th edition of the show. So enjoy the music, and we'll be back talking to you all in a few short moments' time. is Viper's VGM chip.
and we are back. A little bit of tour Los Angeles laps there, and before that, also from tour, that was Athens Dash. Now it's now what? <laughs> what are words? Now it is time to talk to you all, the lovely audience, about uh, a whole variety of things, but mainly what you thought about Wave Five. So let's kick things off then uh, with not talking about Wave Five, because let's be honest, it's the Alluri paragraph. As you probably know, I've been playing Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I enjoyed a lot of the tracks, but nothing really stood out to me as exceptionally good. I'm hoping that this is just because they're gearing up to go out of a bang with Wave 6. As for the other stuff, I've been playing Pokemon Soul Silver on the DS, gonna be trying to get a Pokewalker soon. Uh, in regards to the Super Pocket, it's interesting to me. I like the idea of the Evercade EXP, but I'm not interested in stuff like Wi-Fi and choice of built-in games. So having a trimmed down device that is small and plays the same carts is great for me. Plus I am more interested in the Taito games and I love that tone green look. Yeah, I, as I mentioned, the price point's the most fascinating thing for me about that. As such, I'd be interested to pick it up. Uh, if for nothing else, I'd be somewhat curious to see if Homebrew gets up and running on it. I don't know if there's any sort of scene on the Evercade at all, but having a handheld of that form factor look factor and size uh, with the ability to perhaps open it up to uh, more open source emulators for example would be really cool to me. That would be like an insta buy of course but certainly in its current form of buying cartridges uh, from companies of predetermined games having that handheld form factor then yeah let's let's give it a go let's see what it's all about. I want to hear more info but initially very interested. Soul Silver on the DS, great game, can recommend it, you don't need me to recommend it, you, you know already that you enjoy it. Poker Walker, best of luck on it. Uh, I mentioned a story on the stream I did on Sunday to Alari, so this is just repeating it for the sake of the rest of the audience. But um, yeah, I, we actually have two Poker Walkers at home. Guess how many copies of Soul Silver and Heart Gold we have to use the, that with? Yeah, it's zero. Um, because it requires use of infrared, which is on the cartridge itself, uh, which no flash cartridges take advantage of. We have two Pokewalkers and no copies of the game to use it with. I don't know how the second one came about. I think uh, certainly one of them, of course, would have been owned by Beth, and the other one, I, I guess, was a family member that just happened to get into the collection at some point. Yeah, they both just sit there, uh, not doing anything. Uh, fun fact that you might not know is that I think they're the exact same pedometers minus software and of course the outside, the um, the casing. Basically the exact same pedometer uh, that was used for Wii Fit U. I think the parts are completely interchangeable between the two but obviously they changed the software on the board and they changed the outside design but otherwise they're completely identical. Which is pretty interesting I thought. Um, but yeah. Uh, be sure to get yourself a Pokewalker soon. Um, it might be. I know for some people it's a way they've been getting exercise because you can hack around the shiny lock on them. Because they are shiny locks to stop you from doing that. But I know people with like R4s and action replays have been hacking around the shiny locks so that they can shiny hunt by walking with them, which is actually a pretty fun idea. I don't know why they didn't allow you to do that in the first place. But still, yeah, hope you enjoy that one. And. I kind of agree with you. It's on the lower end of waves for me. Uh, I didn't really get around to that, but certainly some some great tracks which do shine in their own way. But as a whole, there's been waves that have just been back-to-back -back banger. And this one's had a lot of, not low points, definitely not low, but a lot of middling points in the grand scheme of all the tracks. A lot of it just kind of hovers around the middle of the pack. 
whereas you've had some which just great track, great track, great track, amazing track, you, that sort of thing, you know, so I very much agree with you. Nothing stood out too much, but there were a couple of highlights for me that I'd say were above the rest for sure. Uh, so aside from that one, what else did we have? James said, I somehow found myself hooking up my Super NES Classic Edition I've been playing Super Mario RPG. Looking forward to that remake. Will you actually enjoy the remake if you play the original and the remake back to back? That feels like a lot of game time and therefore quite easy to get burnt out on maybe, but still, if it works for you, it works for you. I just know that's the sort of thing I couldn't do personally, like a hundred hours in an RPG and then play it again. <laughs> Uh, it's a great game, one of the Super NES's best games, a great RPG, and Yoko Shimomura's soundtrack is exceptional. I'm glad she's returning for the remake. Yeah, I know a lot of people love uh, Super Mario RPG. Uh, <laughs> I know a lot of people oppose Super Mario RPG. Uh, someone very vocally opposed it for years on my timeline, uh, and then the remake got announced, and naturally it was time for the opposing to kick into third gear. Uh, I think some people might know who I'm talking about. Um, but... Yeah, I, I know there's a lot of people who say, oh, it's just Babby's first RPG as well, and I think that's fair, but it's still beloved within its own circles, and I think, hey, good on people, I'm glad it gets the recognition it deserves, and hopefully, since Nintendo and Square are back in each other's good books, it leads to some more great stuff in the future as well. Fingers crossed, anyway, on that front. Uh, we did have the talk earlier in the chat room from Alluri that 87% of games are unavailable. I think there's more caveats than that. I think it is 87% of games released before 2010, specifically. Because obviously anything released after then is probably going to be available digitally still on some variant of their shops, and potentially might still be in print, or at least available new from retailers in some way. Like Amazon still does have some sealed 360 games. Doesn't mean that Microsoft is still making them or shipping them themselves, but certainly they're still out there. I think the reason it specifies that is because beyond that point, digital marketplaces weren't really... I mean, you would have been in... you still would have been slap-bang halfway through the 7th gen, but certainly if we're talking 6th gen and earlier, didn't really have digital marketplaces. I'm sure you could argue that launches like Steam coming in 2004, but even before that, other launches and even after that still. Um, and you could say Xbox Live had downloadable games on the original Xbox. Sure. But it, it was still the Wild West in the 6th gen, and especially before that as well. Yeah, the only way to get stuff was when it was at retail. So it is not a shocking number in the slightest, because we know what preservation and quote preservation looks like in the industry. Um, there are companies trying to do their best to sort it, but I also think, to be honest, there's companies who are being cowboys through the preservation thing. You could argue that I kind of view limited run games that way, but... I guess they're kind of between those two extremes. There is certainly a lot of cowboy uh, behaviour about the preservation of games uh, going about, and people just picking up licenses and just reselling them with minimal effort uh, to barely even make them playable in the modern day, and a lot of problems like that. Um, you know, name dropping, uh, hopefully, it doesn't lead to a long argument on Twitter, but uh, I, I mean. There's a lot of... I'm not going to name drops. <laughs> it is a joke, but there's a lot of um, companies out there who just kind of snap up licenses and don't, or either don't do anything with them or do quite poor work with them in the process and kind of undo any of the quote preservation they do through their own incompetence. So, yeah, it's really the Wild West and it's not a number that's surprising in the slightest. And 
course it should be improved, but improving it is not necessarily just putting these games on sale again or putting them on Switch Online or whatever. I think improving them, and the point that's also got missed by a lot of this conversation, is I know uh, like game history organisations want to change the legality around libraries cataloguing these games, so you could go into the library and potentially, like you can access, you could go to any library in America for example and access a lot of uh, video content. Only in the library, you're not allowed to record etc, but you can access it. Uh, there's like a lot of examples of, uh, I know, like uned pilots uh, being in library archives and being available to be watched in American libraries. It wouldn't surprise me if that's the sort of system that people want going ahead for video games. Now, of course, no access to recording is not ideal for gamers because everyone would love to record and stream things, etc. But I think certainly they want to at least have that option there. The ability to be able to freely or even you know behind like a library card if you I don't know if you have to pay a subscription for a library card actually but even just some sort of way some sort of official endorsed archive of these things to be available for the future not just hey we preserved this game by reselling it to you for a hundred dollars on a cartridge that might give up on you and might still need updates that happens a lot with limited run stuff I think from memory their doom collection there was, there's been a couple instances where limited run games cartridges just haven't worked at launch, but I think their Doom collection only had one of the games on there, and even then I think it was incomplete, if I recall correctly. Um, and their whole thing is, look, we put all the games on the cartridge, so we are preserving, and then they turn around quite often and don't do that. Um, yeah, snake oil comes to mind in some cases, but I, I think, yes, a controlled environment where you can access games either freely or behind some sort of wall, I think is what's needed. So libraries having access to these things and having a digital online catalogue that you yourself can access is realistically what people uh, on the preservation, the actual preservation side of things, the charity side of things like Game History Org and other similar places that's really what needs to happen that's the change that we need to see and other companies will want this change because of course that undermines the whole process of reselling you games to be honest i think there will be opposition from these sorts of companies so it's yet to really be seen what will happen because i'm sure it's the exact opposite of what companies want they don't want you to freely be able to go and access their archive but of course the argument then becomes will give us a paid option to access your archives that requires effort but at the same time, we're leaving money on the table by having it available for free. I don't know. It's it's really a whole minefield, but not in any way surprising, to be honest with you. Uh, Silent Chaos said, Game Pickups of the Week, of course, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, as we discussed, Dead Space Remake, Nintendo Land, and the Steve and Alex Amiibos. Love the Steve and Alex Amiibos. I, I know there's not much to go wrong on them because they're very simple characters, but they're really good quality for what they are. Holding my Steve Amiibo right now. Alex is on the other side of the room as well. I adore these things. I did actually train them in Smash as well too. Uh, level 50 and everything to get some use out of them. They're great figures. Uh, I like them a lot. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Uh, speaking of Toys to Life, I think the main pickup that I got this week was we went out and bought a massive bundle of Skylanders because if you've not tuned into the show before, I enjoy the franchise still and it's way less predatory than it was back in the day because I think we spent £28 and got like 8 or 9 figures in the end. So that was really fun. I uh, recently started playing through Imaginators with my girlfriend and it's been enjoyable. 
Uh, it's been really enjoyable. I actually think it's my favourite of the ones I've played so far. So that's a positive to take away from it. And got some new parts for it, which still feels like it still feels exciting. Amiibo is the only one of those franchises where you can still go into a store and actively pick them up. But I don't have like the in-game uses, unfortunately, that all the other Toys to Life genre things had. There's not that satisfaction of going home, plonking it on and playing it or anything like that. Um, because uh, most Amiibos, it's like, yes, I unlocked the, the DLC, which I'd, I guess being hidden behind a physical figure is fine, but, you know, with stuff like the Breath of the Wild challenges, why not just make it available digital as well, but you have that option as a physical option? I feel like that's the best way, but, yeah, most Amiibo is just paywalling content, which I don't have the problem with that most people do, but certainly it's less exciting to go and pick up a figure, put it on the NFC reader, and go... Wow, I unlocked content that was already on my cartridge, which I guess is technically what they did anyway. But who knows. Digital Eclipse are releasing a series of interactive documentaries covering classic games that includes content such as early versions of said games and remastered versions, and they are starting with Karateka. Yeah, uh, I did see that, and I saw, yeah, Limited Runner releasing their own version of it. Uh, Digital Eclipse are a big enough company. Why can't they do a retail release? Why does it need to be Limited Run? Atari 50 did fine at retail, I'm sure Atari, it's because Atari was publishing it, but I mean, there's really no one. Like, Inin do the limited run stuff all the time. At least, Inin do their whole 400 copies of this super big collectible box edition, but at least they put the stuff in stores, if you just want to go and buy the in-store version as well. I don't get why that's a thing. I, I appreciate Digital Eclipse's work, I appreciate the thing they're doing, just don't get why that's the release vector for it. That's so strange to me. I know it'll be digital. I'm sure it'll be available physical elsewhere because that always happens. But I don't know. It just feels a little strange to me. But it's preserving these games once again by making you pay more for them. They got the money to self-publish and develop but not for a physical release. Which once again makes sense. I get it. But why not get in touch with a retail publisher at that point? I, I don't know. There's, there's other publishers aside from LRG is my point that we can use to get these excellently made collections out there. They're still greatly made. But I mean, anyways, aside from that, what else uh, did we talk about in the chat room? Let me have a little scroll up. Uh, I don't know if there's actually too much more to be honest aside from what we've mainly covered, but yeah, we've had a good old chinwag about that. Remember when this was about Mario Kart, by the way? Um, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I think for the most part, it's an alright DLC pack. Everyone's saying that. The music's still really good, of course. Music's always really good. Um, but yeah, for the most part, um, the reception's been very middling, I think, from people. But aside from that, still great it's still more Mario Kart 8 content that's always good the bar is at least pretty decent for that it doesn't go oh this is the worst thing ever but certainly how it stacks up to others does it leave a bad taste in my mouth no but does it stack up as well to the others as they do to themselves no it's definitely the bottom of the path of the waves but it's all good still good stuff Anyways, some more of that music for you now then, and let's get into the track we were all waiting for, Vancouver Velocity. And then, the wrong track I've just noticed, let's fix that right about now. Um, just as well I caught that actually. And then a little bit of Moonview Highway, not Cooper Cape, I must have dragged the wrong one in when I was testing. 
Anyways, enjoy the next two tracks, and when we come back, it'll be time for the end of the show, but not before some fantastic Mario Kart tunage. Right here on the KNGI Network. Looking for more? Download past episodes of Vipers VGM Chur from KNGI.org and all good podcasting services.
and for one last time we are back here on Viper's VGM chair. What you just heard there was an incredible track, Moonview Highway, and before that, from Maricot Tour, that was Vancouver Velocity. And all that remains to be said is thank you ever so much for to listen for to listening? What's that mean? For listening to tonight's episode. I've had a lot of fun with it, and thank you for joining me on the new sound, episode 60. More where that came from. In fact, the new sound, the new sound, unsurprisingly, will be staying around uh, for a long time to come. It's not just for this show, and then I, I go back to generic jingles for the rest of the time. No, it's staying about, and who knows how things will evolve and change throughout the coming episodes. So, that's not a hint of anything to come. Just you know, things are chopping and changing. That's kind of the point that I'm trying to get at here. So, keep it locked into Viper's VGM show. More fun stuff happening all the time. All that remains to be mentioned, I think. I know there's quite a lot, so I shouldn't say that sort of thing, but what's coming up on next week's show? And to be honest with you, I don't know yet. I've not decided, but uh, feel free to send in your suggestions for what you'd like to hear on next week's episode, because it's always interesting to hear. I'm always stashing aside those uh, those suggestions on a little document of mine, one day getting ready to get back round to them. But... Yeah, always send in your suggestions if you've got anything interesting that you think could be covered on the show, because I'd love to hear them. But unless I hear something very compelling, I don't really know. So I, th- I think it's been a little while. We might as well have another variety episode, shouldn't we? So request based on that basis if you want to put one in right now. Otherwise, if I hear a cool idea, I'll let you know ahead of time uh, what the show theme is. But unless you're here, it'll be a bit of variety on next week's episode. So... Anything, aside from the usual Sega rule, anything goes, so feel free to send in the weird and obscure in VGM, or just something that you like at the moment that you want to hear on the show. Either works, it's all cool by me. Uh, So that's coming up on next week's episode, but until then, uh, I'll be with you live on Friday night at 7pm UK time, also 2pm Eastern for Pick and Mix over on RadioSega.net and that's another show not really much about anything. I think it's just going to be a show that goes in whatever direction we like. We'll talk about whatever, we'll play the music we want to play and we'll have a good time in the process. So join me then as for a show all about Sega and my love for it. Uh, but between then, I'll, I'm sure I'll be around. As always, you can catch me mainly on Mastodon nowadays, the Green Viper at the VIP Vipers.space. I've been over there for five years. It's not a trad. It, it, a trad? It's not a fad. It's not a trend for me. It's not a Twitter diet. I'm going to be over there. I've been over there for a while. I'll continue to be. Uh, I'm not really compelled by threads at all, to be honest with you. I'm not going to join that thing, really, unless all the other options implode because I just don't think it looks like a very fun app to use, both in the user-based sense and in the actual design language sense. I think it looks really confusing and needlessly complicated. Plus, you could pile on a number of other issues onto that as well. But point being, I'm there mostly, uh, but I'm also still currently posting everything that I post there on Twitter mainly, but I'm locked just because I can't be bothered with it. So that's at the Green Vibrate if you want to follow me over there as well. I do tend to make announcements about any sort of streams or anything interesting I'm appearing on whenever the whenever that is. It's been ages since the last time I've done something special like that. But certainly um, keep up to date with me there if there's anything else that happens between now and then. I could end up streaming something. May do, may not. Who knows? But... My internet will have to play ball to do something like that, so <laughs> it feels unlikely, doesn't it? Um, all that remains to be said... Why do I keep saying that? i got to think of new things to say. Anyway, thank you to Silent Chaos, Jamie, Pocket Alluri, and Resident SD 
who have all tuned into tonight's episode. Anyone else I've missed, feel free to give me a wave in the chat room if you've been lurking or listening elsewhere. Appreciate it as well. But aside from that, uh, I'll leave you be. And at the end of these episodes, we always look forward and go, what are we looking forward to in the next wave? What's something we would like to see in the next wave of the Marika 8 Deluxe DLC? So I've done that now for... Oh, this will be the fourth time I've done that. The first episode we didn't have that because we had so many other songs in there. Uh, but every time since, we've looked forward and I've gone, what track would we like to appear? I think I've only been successful once currently. And that was DK Snowboard Cross because I wanted something kind of wintry to lead into the Winterfest episode uh, that year. But the others were uh, Toad's Factory, just for the music. That hasn't happened, sadly. And the other two were Airship Fortress, I know for certain. And... Oh, this is the fourth one. That's why I can't think of it. Okay, so there you go. Um, So this fourth one, I was talking about it on stream earlier, but to my knowledge, we have four Rainbow Roads that have not made it into Mario Kart 8 Deluxe yet. And I wouldn't be half surprised if they turned around and gave us a Rainbow Road Cup as a result of this, just to get all of them in the game. It'd be a bit overkill, but maybe they'd do it. It's the sort of thing that Nintendo might turn around and do. But even if they don't, I think Rainbow Road's pretty inevitable, one of them to come to the next wave. So based on that, which one would you go for? Um, and there's plenty. I, I'd say track design-wise, there's two I'd pick above the rest. And musically, that's the case as well. Uh, we had the DS one, but we've had quite a lot of DS and Wii-related predictions. But certainly the DS one's one of my favourite, layout-wise. Uh, so I'd love that one, but certainly my favourite musically, and also a nice second place in track layout, is from none other than Mario Kart Double Dash, this theme of Rainbow Road. Thank you for listening. If you have been, I have been the Green Viper 8, and this has been Viper's VGM Chair, celebrating the release of the fifth wave of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass content. I'll be back with you next week from 10pm UK time for a variety episode or maybe something else. I'll also be seeing you Friday at 7pm UK time for another episode of Pick and Mix. But until then, have a lovely week and thank you as always for joining me on the current iteration of my VGM chair.
You've been listening to Vipers VGMJ, part of the KNGI network. Visit KNGI.org for more great gaming content.